All right, so just stand up for 30 seconds. You're just going to stretch a little bit. We, we're getting ready. Come on, just stretch a little bit. We're getting ready to receive the Word of God. Today is a very special Sunday, and today we have visitors in the house. I don't know. Yeah, come on now. We, we have some visitors in the house, and I'm, I'm, I'm personally excited about this because this has been a prayer for Marianne and I for a little bit that we wanted to be a church that not only sows into what we're doing locally, but we want to sow into what God is doing globally. Tell your neighbor, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. And as a free Methodist community, we believe in sending people to the mission field. And there's a couple that with their family have decided to say yes to the Lord. And they're heading to Greece. They're heading to Greece. And they're, they're going to be taking the gospel there, and they're going to talk all about them, all about what's going on. So I'm going to ask Rodrigo and Tanya to come, and, and their daughter, give them a clap of hands. Come on, New Vision, you can do better than that. So we welcome them, we're grateful for them, and you guys are going to listen to what the Lord has, has given them, but also just know that the church that you attend is part of something that's greater than what you see. All right, so uh, today it kind of becomes official, but for us, entering into this partnership with them, it's a blessing, sowing into their lives and what God is doing. So you may not be able to physically get to Greece, maybe you, maybe, you know, on vacation or something, or hopefully I declare that word over your life in the name of Jesus, right? But someone is going and someone is going to take the gospel there. So we bless them. So you may be seated and Rodrigo and Tanya. Thank you again, guys. Well, it is very nice to meet you all. Um, what, what an awesome worship time, dedication. Don't you feel really like, man, I'm already ready to go. I mean, I could go and take on the whole week, a long Monday, and with no coffee. You know, I'm like, I'm ready for it. Um, we are very grateful very we feel very privileged very honored to share with you this morning so thank you very much for your time um allow us to allow me to introduce us a little bit so you get to know us a little bit more uh well my name is rodrigo rosado i am originally from peru born and raised in peru actually fun fact i met marion in a mission trip in peru that she met in peru um and well i'm passionate about the lord about jesus about justice uh but also about soccer any soccer fans in the house here one okay hey, god bless you brother we're gonna pray for you all the soccer fans we're gonna pray at the end over here but um um very passionate about that this is my wife tanya rosado she is uh, originally from michigan we've been living in florida for about 10 years uh she loves the lord uh she's a warrior for so social justice and um she something she likes her hobbies are just going outdoors hiking going camping she really loves that and this little one here, who is approaching nap time very soon, uh, it's a little one, Elia Lucia. She's a joy, she's a gift. Uh, something I've been doing, if you want to put the next slide, a little bit about our pictures. Uh, you can see her there with a soccer ball. I have already been indoctrinating her in her. Uh, but I'm flexible. I told her you can do anything you want in, in your life and play soccer. So she, she already has got that. I'm flexible. And anyway, so we were ordained in 2017 in the Free Methodist Church. And the Lord has called us to serve uh, to serve Him. Has appointed us to serve as mission as Free Methodist missionaries in Athens, Greece. Uh, we'll be working on church planting and social justice. But uh, without further ado, um, 
I would like to pray for the word. Uh, today you are in for a treat. My wife, Tanya, is bringing the word. A few months ago when they invited us, she said, I had a word I would like to share. And I said, okay, I'm definitely stepping out. That is the Lord is going to share a word with us this morning. So uh, let's pray for it. Let's pray for it together. Um, you want to pray with us, sweetie? Me and him? Okay, that's okay. All right, Lord, I give you thanks, Father. Thanks for this wonderful time, Lord, of hearing your word. Father, uh, we, sung, uh, we sang beautiful songs this morning, Lord. Father, one word, you created the universe and the stars and everything in it with one word. Father, this morning I want to pray, Lord, for, for the word that is to be shared today, Lord. And many things that are go we're going through life, Father. Father, if nothing, just speak to us at least one word. But the same powerful word that comes from you that changed and created the universe, Lord, that can change our lives and create new things in us, Father. I pray for that, Lord. Prepare our hearts to hear it from you. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, it's a privilege to be here. Uh, thank you for Kids Month. Thank you for letting our kids come to the altar how they are, because uh, ours has fun at church <laughs> quite a bit. Um, so uh, I do get to share the word, and God has given me a word to share, uh, several words, and so we're going to plow through this. Um, and as we thought about becoming missionaries, we really had to wrestle with why God would want us to be missionaries, and what would that would even look like for us to go somewhere else to, to talk about Jesus. And so today we want to share about that um, because it's not just us going on mission. We're the ones going to Greece. Maybe you guys, as Pastor Will said, someone's going to go to Greece. Uh, but also you guys have a ministry here uh, in the greater Miami area, Hialeah, the neighborhoods that I don't understand down here. Uh, so we're just going to say Miami. <laughs> um, but you guys have that ministry too. And during that, we're going to weave in a little bit of what we're doing in Greece so you guys can understand us a bit better. But before we do that, as you see up on the screen, it says what I want to be when I grow up. And so I need the kids' help. Uh, we have several kids in the house. Uh, I'd like you guys to tell me, and if you're a teenager, if you're in college and you still don't know what you want to be when you grow up, you can tell me that too. Uh, what do you guys want to be when you grow up? Football player. A police officer. What do you want to be? A dentist? Dancer. Okay. Yeah, dancer. Oh, yeah. What about you? What do you want to be when you grow up? Do you know? Anybody else? Soccer player. Rodrigo convinced you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? Our childhood dreams of growing up and being... A doctor. Yeah, you guys, we, you have dreams now because you're a kid. Uh, we all could probably remember our dreams that we had when we were growing up. I remember that when I was little, I wanted to be a nurse, a veterinarian. There was a time I wanted to be an archaeologist. There was even once I wanted to be a car mechanic. It's a long story. But I wanted to be a car mechanic. I'll tell you that another time. <laughs> um, but when I was in middle school, going into high school, and even a little bit in college, what I really wanted to be um, was an ambassador. I forgot the word in English now. I wanted to be an ambassador, uh, work in an embassy in another country. I thought it would be really cool uh, to be able to live overseas, uh, get paid well, and work in an embassy. So the first time I went to another country for an extended period of time, I said, I've got to go visit our embassy, the United States Embassy. And so I was in Peru, and on my day off, I went to the embassy, and it looked like this. 
That is the United States Embassy in Peru. It looked nothing like I was expecting. It is an enormous, humongous fortress. And honestly, I've been there several times because visas, it's a pain. But the door, you have to like brace yourself. It is so heavy and you have to like, pull it open until you get enough momentum. That is the door of the embassy. But the first time I went there, I was like, wow, I want to go in the embassy. But uh, it was not what I expected because what I had expected was what I had seen in movies. Do you guys know the movies I'm talking about? Usually action, usually a girl, and she's running like this. And there's someone chasing after her and she throws herself across the gates just in time and she's safe, right? This is what I had in mind, but I got here to this on a Saturday. It was closed. I don't know why I didn't think about the, I do know why I didn't think about it being closed because if you're in trouble and you're an American, you should be able to go to your embassy, right? This is what the movies tell us. Uh, The guards at the embassy did not have a clue what I was talking about, Uh, probably because they only spoke Spanish. And at that time, I do speak Spanish now, but uh, it was really bad Spanish. It was like, hola, como estar, stuff like that, you know? And so I, I still wanted to go. So I approached the guards and I was like, can I go in? And they're like, it's closed. It's Saturday. I was like, I know, I know, but I really want to go in. So I tried this. What if I were in trouble? I'm not in trouble. I'm like trying to explain because I don't want them to like alert the National Guard. I'm not in trouble, but what what should I do if I were in trouble? So they sent me around the corner. Uh, I don't know if they sent me around the corner because they just wanted to get rid of me or if they understood what I was saying. But there was a yard sale there. There's an American lady. She let me in the front gate, not into the embassy, but on the soil. And I said, yes. I got on the embassy soil. And so that was my dream (laughs) growing up, I know. I've outgrown that, thank goodness. Um, But I still think it would be cool. And as I think about missions, and as I think about our mission and what God has for us in the world, this is actually what comes to mind. Our main text for today is 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 20. Um, You guys can read it in your Bibles, your phones, or we have it up on the screen. Uh, Let me read it for you. It says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creature has come. The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So I don't get to work at an actual embassy of the United States, but I do still have a job as an ambassador. You still have a job as the ambassador. The same as the people 
at the embassy in Peru were representatives of the U.S. government to the people of Peru. I am and you are, we are representatives of God to this world that he loves so much that he was willing to send his son to die. We all, as new creations, are ambassadors of God. And this is the cool part. Unlike my experience in Peru with that embassy, God is not an imposing fortress that is hard to get into. If you don't have the right papers, if you don't speak the right language, he does not keep you out. Through Jesus' death on the cross, he's flung open the gates and says, come on in. He wants all of us to know him. He wants everyone to be a new creation through Christ. God reconciled us to him when Jesus died on the cross. And I looked it up, the definition of reconciled, it says to be brought back to favor, to restore relations between. And we're gonna focus on that. That, that is what the mission is. When Adam and Eve uh, ate the fruit in the Garden of Eden, a brokenness entered the world. But through Jesus' sacrifice, we are no longer out of favor. We have been brought back into favor. We have been given access to God again so that we can boldly approach the throne of God. And I want to pause right there. We're talking about missions today. Uh, we're talking about the ministry of reconciliation. But we can only be ambassadors. We can only take up this mission if we ourselves have accepted that gift of reconciliation. And so as I talk today, if someone is here, I don't know if you're here first time, second time, if you've given your life to the Lord, but I want you guys to listen and say, have I been reconciled to God? Have I accepted that gift? So we're going to... I want you to continue to think about that, but I want to say, how does that happen? Great, ministry of reconciliation. How does that happen, especially now um, in divisive times? How does it happen? If Put up the next slide. In Greece, we see it so much. Um, there are over 60,000 refugees, um, mostly Muslims that come from war-torn areas, Syria, Iraq, Iran. There's some from Northern Africa as well, over 60,000. A couple years ago, it was in the news all the time, but now it's not, but it's still happening. And these people, they um, have nothing. They left everything in Syria. They can't, they can't work. They need government assistance. They have nowhere to turn. And then at the same time, Greece is going through its own crisis. They're having an econ economic difficulties. In fact, their unemployment rate is 20%. That's one in five people cannot find a job. Those that are working age that want to work, one in five cannot work. And so if you think about it, you have two groups of people, right? And it's real easy for tensions to start to build between them. There's these uh, opinions and perspectives. Well, they're going to take our job. And, and what about this? And we're giving them money and we need money. And the refugees are saying, we just need to live. And these are divisive times. That's what's going on in Greece. I don't think I need to spend time talking about what's going on in the United States. I think we probably understand that there are different groups of people and we're competing and saying, how can we do this? How can we both live? Uh, how can there be reconciliation? So how then, if there is division everywhere, does God accomplish the mission of reconciliation? And this is the cool part. This is where we come in. He has entrusted us with the mission of telling people about this great thing God has done 
where full healing and restoration take place. We go out into the world and we tell people about God's mission to restore everything to before the fall. In verse 16, um, we can see this clearly. It says we stop regarding or we no longer, from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. It's no longer them versus us. It's not that group and us, and we don't have to like fight for ourselves. It's us for them. It's just us. There's no more groups, there's no division. It's just us and we, and that's what God wants. He wants everyone everywhere with him forever. Rodrigo and I watched this TV show that's a little bit crazy. Um, I mean, it's interesting, but I don't really recommend it, so I won't tell you what show it is. You might know what it is, but so in this show, people show up to a deserted area. It's supposedly deserted, but you guys can guess it's not actually deserted. There's a group of original people living there. Uh, and as happens, they start to fight for control of that area. Who's going to be in charge? Who's going to uh, be in control? Who's going to have the right to survive? This actually happens every season with a new group of people, so plot holes, but um, I don't know why, we, I don't know why we keep watching, but multiple times through the season, they realize, huh, trying to kill each other is probably not a good idea. We're all going to end up dead. And so the group that showed up at the supposedly deserted area uh, goes to the original inhabitants and say, let's make peace. And the original inhabitants say, no, you're going to kill us. I have to watch out for my people. I have to take care of my people. You aren't my people. And so this is the problem. I'm watching out for my people. You're watching out for your people. And no peace happens until the leader of the group, a woman I'd like to, to mention, uh, this girl shows up and she's like, no, yeah, I need to take care of my people. You're right. I need to take care of my people. But you are my people. The people I came with are my people, and you are my people, and we need to take care of you. And that becomes the basis for peace. And that is why we do missions. To say, you are my people. That is the mission of reconciliation. God has sent us ambassadors out into the world. We don't just say, I'm good. I'm in the embassy. God's got my back. No, we get to join God in his mission of reconciliation. We get to say to the people in the world, you are not alone. Like we did during the, during the worship song where we hold hands and we say, you are not alone. You are my people. You are God's people. He's got your back. He's there for you. This is the mission of reconciliation. People ask us why Greece. Um, there's a why Greece slide. That's Greece. People ask us why Greece. If you were here earlier, you would know we both speak Spanish. Uh, even our daughter has some good words in Spanish. Um, and so it would make more sense. Why don't you go to Latin America? Why Greece? And I would love at some point, now is not the time because we don't have time, but I would love to be able to tell you our story because it is a story where God met us at doubt after doubt after doubt and said, yes, you're going to Greece. And it was so clear that we're, <laughs> we just looked at each other and we're like, okay, yeah, we'll go to Greece. But I think that the basic reason of why God wants us in Greece is this idea of all 
all peoples becoming our people. We have a responsibility to everyone, not just the people that we think of as our people, but to everyone. A lot of times we say, yeah, our people, other Christians, or our biological family, or our friends, Spanish speakers or English speakers, these are our people. But we have a responsibility to more than those people. We have a responsibility to everyone, everywhere. In the next slide, Jeremiah 32, 38 tells us, they will be my people and I will be their God. As we read in the verses in 2 Corinthians, God was reconciling the world. He wasn't reconciling one group of people. He was reconciling the world to himself. He wants everyone. In Galatians, it says there's neither Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free nor male nor female. He wants the whole world. He's saying, you are all my people. I want you all to be reconciled to me through my son and his sacrifice on the cross. And the coolest thing is, is that we get to be a part of it, that he's inviting us into that ministry of reconciliation. This is why we do missions, because God is asking us to join him to reconcile the world to him. I'm going to pivot just a little bit to talk more specifically, because you're like, okay, great. God's given us a mission of reconciliation. Now what do I do? You know, like, what does that look like, Tanya? And so the what is equally as important as the why. What do we do? Um, And so I want to talk about... um, what that looks like, and I want to remind us of the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, uh, Adam and Eve uh, had it made, and then they messed it up. We think about when they ate the fruit, yeah, sin entered the world. If you've gone to Sunday school at all, you're like, yes, they ate an apple. Oh, the Bible never tells us an apple. They ate an apple, and then sin, and then they got thrown out of the garden, right? Easy, simple story, there it is, right? It affected everything. It is not a simple story. It is what affected everything. At that moment, everything changed. It affected our relationship with God and with others and how the world works from taking care of creation to relationship with money, poverty, racism. Everything was broken and reconciliation needs to come to all of those areas. Reconciliation is saying the world is broken now, but what God wants is the way it was before sin entered the world. That is what he wants and that is our mission and that's what it should look like. So we're going to focus on those three areas. The first one uh, is with God. The first area of reconciliation, uh, most important, is a relationship with God. Adam and Eve had it made, like I said, uh, they got to walk in the cool of the garden talking with God. That's very amazing. I wish that we could still do that. They knew each other so intimately, but at the moment they ate the fruit, that got caught off. God still loved them. He loved them so much. He sent his only son. But the experience of how they experienced him was not the same because of the presence of sin. And this is one of the things that Jesus's death reconciled. In Colossians 1, 21 through 23, it says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight with out blemish and free from accusation. What was what the song said? A billion failures disappear without accusation. 
If you continue in your faith, establish and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. I'll stop there uh, from reading. But when we talk about joining God in this ministry of reconciliation, we want people's relationship with God to be whole and restored. We want them to know God so intimately, knowing that they can come into his presence, that they can talk with him, that they can spend time with him, that boldly we approach the throne of God because we have been reconciled. And that is what we call salvation. That is where people accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and follow him. And as Christ ambassadors in Greece, we'll be calling people to reconciliation through a strategy called community church planting. We call it CCP. Um, it's a method of church planting that allows for rapid multiplication of churches. And it doesn't focus on if there's a building uh, or all the trappings of a service. This is beautiful. We love to come here. Uh, and it's great. Sometimes there's chalk up here, and I love it, you know. But it's not, community church planting isn't about that. It's about seeking out uh, people of peace who are influencers in their community uh, who can invite others to come and you sit together. Maybe you sit in a house or you sit in a park, in a coffee shop, and you do church right there. That's community church planting. And so you might say, who are these people of peace? And we went on a, a vision trip, an exploratory trip to Greece several years ago to see if we were supposed to go. And when we were there, Rodrigo met a person, uh, and he's going to go ahead and share that story. Yeah, um, the guy on the left, his name is Ahmed. Uh, he is from Iran. At the time we met him, uh, he, he was living in Athens in the capital. And we have one free Methodist church in the entire country of Greece, it's in Thessaloniki, which is in the north, five hours north. And something that really impacted my heart was that though he was living in Athens and work in Athens, uh, he would commute five hours every weekend in order to make it to church on time and be there for service. And that tells you, I mean, I don't know how, how far you guys commuted, but my guess is probably was less than five hours, right? Um, but what that tells you, again, it's really the level of hunger and thirst just to want to know more about this Jesus um, has impacted his life so much that now uh, I look at my Facebook the other day and I couldn't find him and he has changed his name. So I talked to the guy that knows him. Hey, yeah, you're still friends with him. He, here it is. His name is Lucas which is after Luke, the writer of the gospel, because the gospel changed his life so much that even changed his name. So that is awesome. Our mission, your mission. Yeah, you can clap about that, that's awesome. Our mission, your mission is to seek out people who are seeking Jesus like Ahmed and help them find their way back to God. Help them return to God's favor. That is our mission. That is reconciliation with God. That's one aspect of reconciliation, but it's not the only one. Um, see, in the garden, our relationship with others was also broken. God showed up asking, they ate the fruit, right? God showed up asking, what happened? Why are you hiding? Oh, we're naked. Well, who told you we were naked? And what was the first thing they did? I imagine pointing fingers like this. They started to blame each other. Oh, it was Eve that you gave me. God. You have to be very courageous to blame God. It was Eve that you gave me. Oh, no, it was the serpent. And so the, this perfect relationship that they had in the garden with each other, you know, marriages, they can be hard sometimes. Adam and Eve had a perfect relationship, and then it it broke and it failed. And since that moment, we have struggled with relationships. Cain killed Abel. David committed adultery with Bathsheba. 
and then had her husband killed. Uh, today there is war between tribes, tensions between Christians and Muslims, brothers and sisters don't speak, friends gossip about each other, spouses divorce, churches split. We let relationships go because they get too hard. Reconciliation with others is about wholeness and restoration of relationships as well. We're called to do the hard work of going to people and offering them the restoration of relationships. And that might mean that you need to help mediate between two different people, or maybe it means you need to go talk to someone today. Maybe you need to go and say, hey, I've let this go too long because it was hard. But God is calling me to reconciliation, to be an ambassador of reconciliation. Matthew 5, 38 through 41, I'm not going to read it. It's up there. It's really clear, if we can put that verse up there, that we have to go the extra mile when someone offends us, that we're to turn the other cheek, that if they ask us to give you uh, their coat, or their, I forget what it is, their coat, you have to give them the extra coat, the second coat. We have to do all that we can. Romans 12, 18, if we can put that slide up there, Romans 12, 18, that's my, this is my favorite verse as I've dealt with reconciliation with others. I have a rocky relationship with my family. It's not been hard. My parents divorced when I was a senior in high school, um, and it just kind of chaos ensued and still does. And this verse is the one that I lean on. It says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, as far as it depends on you, because sometimes it doesn't depend on you. Sometimes you have done everything you can, and that is okay. God says yes. But as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You have to reach out to them and do everything. And it is not easy when there is hurt and junk. But God calls us to be ambassadors of reconciliation. And sometimes I say, I don't deserve for me to reach out to them again. Why, why do I have to do this again? And God says, yeah, you're right. They don't deserve it. But neither do you, Tanya. You only deserve it because I sent my son to die on the cross to reconcile you to me. And that's why you're supposed to go. You're right. They don't deserve it. But because of God, because we are ambassadors, we're following him, we must reach out again. We must say to them, you are my people. And I'm coming for you because I want you in the embassy with me. Before us, we have an amazing opportunity of reconciling uh, relationships with others uh, in Greece with what's going on. Rodrigo? Um, this is a story that our area director, George Fajardo, shared with us as we were um, exploring and praying about the process in Greece. And as you guys know, uh, with a refugee crisis, a lot of um, people from the Middle East, they leave their homes because of war, and they somehow try to manage to Turkey, and from Turkey, they cross the Mediterranean by boat to make it to Greece. Uh, many people don't make it. You've probably seen some of those stories in the news. Uh, but when they make it, it's a two to four year process that they're in the re refugee camps waiting for their asylums to be approved. And, and in that time, there are organizations that are set to help them. Many of those organizations are just from the government, great organizations, or from the UN, but most of them are people who are just there to collect a paycheck, right? That is their job, Monday through Friday, that's what they do, and then they look forward for the week to the weekend to go to their homes. But there are another group of organizations that are Christian organizations, uh, like our Free Methodist Church in Thessaloniki, that they really go the extra mile to love them. Uh, I remember they told me that once they rented a bus to go to the refugee camps so they could just take people to use the bathroom 
a in the church because in the camps they have one bathroom every 100, every 200 people. It's impossible to live. So, and, and they can see when people go the extra mile. They could see Christians really trying to show uh, them the love of Christ and people who just were doing their jobs to the point that when, unfortunately, some of them get sent back, uh, they get their, their asylum request denied, and they go back to Turkey. Uh, they spread the word among the other refugees and tell them, hey, when you get to Greece, ask for the Christians. And for me, that was a calling. That was, I, I could literally feel the Lord working in my heart, doing something in there. Uh, like a piece of paper that you that you put in you like I don't know how you do that crumble in your hand he was working through it where are the Christians because for how long has the church pray for an opportunity to share the gospel with among Muslims and here we are in the midst of a tragedy God has, is redeeming an opportunity for us to share the gospel to the point where now it's the Muslims asking where are the Christians Amen. Where are the Christians? Where am I? Where are you? Where are the Christians? God has uh, called us to ambassadors of reconciliation, not just for salvation and a re restored relationship with him, but with others. Us with others and others for with others. Where are the Christians in this, this ministry of reconciliation? The last area... Um, is with how the world works. This is the last area we'll look at of reconciliation. Uh, when everything broke, I say when you ate the apple, you hear that crash, that's the crash of breaking. And that's with how the world worked. Adam and Eve messed it all up. God created things to work in perfect unity with each other. Uh, creation worked, the order of things work, work worked. We see this uh, in Genesis big time. So they enjoyed working. They worked in the garden and it was pleasurable and it was fun. No more you guys, but Monday's coming. I don't know how many of you wake up tomorrow and you're like, woo, work, you know, on Monday morning. And that's the problem. When sin entered the world, God told Adam he was going to have to work hard, scratch to make a living, sweat to grow things. And throughout scripture, we can see that from then on things were broken. There were slaves, women were oppressed, the widow and the orphan weren't taken care of, poverty entered. It says that strangers weren't taken care of, that's immigrants, people coming from other lands, they weren't taken care of. There was oppression and let me tell you, Jesus came to fix those things too. And we know that because Jesus's first message in Nazareth was this. Uh, in Luke 4, we're going to read starting in verse 18. He unrolled the scroll and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. As ambassadors of Christ calling, come back to God, we have a role to play in the reconciliation of these systems, of these things that don't work in our world. What are we doing to bring wholeness to the broken world around us? Uh, it could be as simple as supporting missionaries in Greece because our other our other ministry, and you guys are, thank you, our other ministry is social justice, if you want to throw up that slide. Um, and there's been a lot of talk lately about what that means, and Rodrigo said it three or four times, uh, social justice, social justice. Um, and really what it means, what it all boils down to, is that we are not 
okay not addressing the brokenness we see in society. We're not okay. We will reach out to the refugee. We will work to end poverty. We will work to reduce vulnerability to human trafficking. That is what it means to reconcile how the world works. We're missionaries to Greece. Um, and because uh, we're here, I want to give you an opportunity to partner with us. We have the next slide. Um, and just really quick, uh, sign up for our newsletter. We have a, a table out there. You can sign up for our newsletter. You can follow us on Facebook, We Rosados 3. Um, and really, those two things are just so that you get to the third one. And the third one is pray for us. The best way you can partner with us is to pray for us. Th when you work in this ministry of reconciliation, things will come against you. It's been a really hard week, and we need your prayer. You could also partner with us uh, financially, but honestly, I don't want to spend a lot of time there because this mission of reconciliation is bigger than me. It's bigger than Rodrigo. It's bigger than us. It involves you. Wait, let's go to that last side, please. It's the mission God has given each of us each person here God is calling you to be an ambassador of reconciliation and the question I want to leave you with is will you join him will you be an ambassador calling all people to come back to God will you have the conversation so that people know Jesus as Lord and Savior will you reach out as far as it depends on you to be at peace with others will you speak up against the systematic ways that the world is broken will you join him the verse, I want to read it again. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I'm going to end here and with permission pray once more um, with two invitations. And the first invitation uh, I talked about at the beginning is to be a new creature, a new creation, to, to come and to experience that reconciliation that God gives us. I implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. It will change your life and it will, it will completely change the way that you relate to everyone and everything. I can't talk enough about how great it is. Be reconciled to God. That's the first invitation. But the the second invitation is to join the mission. A lot of times we get really busy. There's a lot going on in our lives. I am not exempt from this. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And we lose this ministry of reconciliation. And I'm saying, here's your invitation. Will you set all that aside? Will you set all that aside and say, yes, I do want to be an ambassador. I do want everyone to come in. We sang this song, he's the one uh, that won't leave the one behind. That's what this is. That's what reconciliation is. That's us saying, I'm going to join you in that mission, Jesus. And so I want you guys to take a minute and pray. Get real before God and ask him, where am I? Do I need to be reconciled to you? Do I need to go and talk to someone? Do I need to speak up do, about the systems? Do I need to volunteer at the food pantry? Because that is, that is reconciling how the word world works. I'm going to pray over you, but you don't need to listen to me. You need to listen to Jesus and to his spirit and you pray with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much. Thank you, Father God, first and foremost, that you set your son to reconcile us to you. I thank you that you sent your son to reconcile me.
to bring me back into favor with you. I thank you so much, Lord Jesus, and I pray for people who are struggling to give it all to you, to surrender and say, I'm going to live for you, Jesus, as Lord and Savior. I pray that you would be with those people, that you would be helping them to come one step closer, to come and fall down on their knees before you and say, I live to worship you. I want nothing else but you, Lord Jesus. I need you, Father God. I want to live in that place of beautiful intimacy with you, Lord Jesus. Pray, Father God, for the rest of us that we would have the courage and the strength to join you in that ministry of reconciliation. That we would have the strength to go to the other person. That we would have the strength to see what is going on and to say something, to do something. That we would help people who are seeking to find you, to return to favor with you, to help our friends return to favor with each other, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.